Thank you for tuning in to the Pivot Queen podcast. Remember to like, share, and comment and follow on all social media platforms at the Pivot Queen pod. For bookings or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email thepivotqueen at gmail.com. And remember, when life gives you lemons, learn to pivot queen. Hey, queens, it's your girl, Paige, a.k.a. the Pivot Queen, back with another episode. Now, this is the first official episode of season two, because last week it was just an intro um, episode. So, and I'm sure you read the title to this episode. It's called The Love Letter to My Son, right? So I'm excited. We're going to talk about um, enmeshment. Hmm. Are you, do you and your son or sons have like an enmeshment type of relationship? Well, we'll find out. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you will know. And if you do, maybe you can pivot in a different direction. Um, because once you find out what enmeshment is, you will definitely question yourself in the relationship between your son or sons or even daughter. I personally only have one child and it's my son. And so I can only go by what I know pertaining to my situation. So y'all know I'm like a good girlfriend. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I'm just sharing my personal pivotal moments with you so you can pivot less, maybe pivot more gracefully, or not even need to pivot at all. So with that being said, I am ready to get this party started. And like I said, we are going to start with the love letter to my son. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just so happy because I just love him so much. Okay, so I did write it down. <sighs> okay, it says to my first and only born, this is my love letter to you. Don't worry, I'll keep it short and sweet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being unapologetically you. You're intelligent. Sometimes too much for your own good, wink, wink. You are a natural born leader and watching you spread your wings has been the greatest pivotal moments in my life. It's hard to explain, but it's such a awesome feeling. And I feel like only parents would understand it's hard to articulate, but I am so proud of you. You've made mistakes, but haven't we all? From the exact time you were born, I knew you were destined for greatness. And you guys, um, sidebar, he was born at 2.22 p.m. Um, uh, in 1997. So I don't know. It's like when he was born, I just felt like, wow, this is going to be a grand person. 
and I was just the vehicle for him to get here. But I definitely always felt he was destined for greatness. And even as a young kid, I told him that. So um, anyways, back to the letter. So um, I've shared that with you from a very young age and on numerous occasions, but please continue to do the right thing when no one is looking. You've seen me at my lowest, but always found some way to encourage me. Having you is having you at 16 was the best thing that I've ever done in my life. Continue to move forward in life. Don't focus on what was, focus on what is. Stay present in this journey we call life. Treat people how you want to be treated. And always remember, if life was easy, then everyone would do it. I love you. Love mom. So I hope y'all, I know it's kind of cheesy, but I hope y'all enjoyed it. All right. So on to, sorry y'all for the video, just so y'all know, it is like a hundred and five degrees in Texas and I'm not even kidding. It's going to be 108 tomorrow. Okay. But anywho, I digress. Um, so I looked up what enmeshment, like mother son enmeshment is the definition and, um, just got gathered some cool little tidbits and information about it. So grab a drink, grab a seat and, you know, do do a like a self-reflection this episode and see and it's okay to have your son be a mother's boy right but it's when we get into the mother-son enmeshment relationship ah uh, that's kind of when you really need to step back and do a little self-reflection so anywho so um mother and son enmeshment is when the mother is enmeshed in the son's, or excuse me, it's when the mother is enmeshed with her son. The son becomes a mama's boy. He's exactly like his mother. That to me is a mama's boy, right? He has no separate life, no separate identity or values. Okay. So think about it. Is that your son? Like, Ooh, just wait, I got some good stuff. So anyways, now that we know the definition of what mother-son enmeshment is, let's just go through some things um, that I found interesting. And I had to self-reflect. But on the other hand, I was like relieved that I'm not that mom. Like I raised my son to be very independent and he is very independent. Um, but I was not the mesh type mother. Um, so let's get started. So some, uh, interesting facts about mother, son enmeshment. I have my notebook here. Uh, let's see. So number one, the mom and son relationship. Well, this is a fun fact to really like, know. the mom and son relationships make him feel confident and secure. I thought I was very happy about that. And that's so true. 
Um, you know, cause like we want to raise our son to be good men, but we can't teach our sons how to be men. We just can't do it. Right. And I always told my, my son, you want somebody like your mom, not like enmeshed mom. Right. But mom that is smart, um, kind, loving, characteristics like that, not like exactly like me, because he called me, well, he still does. Well, sometimes, but growing up, he called me a drill sergeant. And I was okay with that. I was totally fine with it. Um, I've been called a helicopter mom. And now that he's an adult, you know how like, especially in the black household, how our mothers will give unsolicited advice. Um, if I find myself going down that route because I want to respect his boundaries, I asked him to give me a safe word, right? So if I'm overstepping, he gives me, he says his little word. Y'all, it's Debo. Okay, Debo. And if you know, you know, okay? I'm six feet tall. Um, I was bald-headed. I decided to grow my hair out. But anyways, it's Debo. So like... <laughs> I have to um, actively listen to him when he's telling me something because he could just be telling me he doesn't want my advice all the time, right? And I come from a mom who did that and ugh, it was just so exhausting and just not respecting of the boundaries later became an issue with me like in adulthood. So anyhow. We want strong, confident sons, but we they're not our husbands, lady. Okay, ladies, queens, queens. Okay, so moving on. So some signs of mother-son enmeshment. Number one, can cause a son to have a blurred sense of self-identity, right? It leads to having difficulty setting boundaries, like I just said, um, resulting in loss of of independence, right? So we want them to have some kind of, um, we want them to be independent, right? Like they shouldn't depend on mom for everything. It is just number one, exhausting for all parties involved, but you're really kind of hindering your kid if, if that's the type of relationship you want with your child. So um, mother-son enmeshment, the mother is overly involved um, she seeks emotional closeness that goes beyond parental norms, right? Again, like I said, for me growing up, I had, uh, my mom was a single mother of three kids. I'm the youngest of three. And, um, she definitely, I remember specifically having an argument with her. I think it was like 14, 15. And I had to tell her, like, I am not your husband. You know, I didn't know the words to articulate enmeshment, but I knew I didn't like the feeling that she was dumping on me, right? So the next thing is the mother may see the son as an emotional surrogate, right? Ooh, let that sink in. An emotional surrogate. Expecting him to fulfill emotional roles typically reserved for a spouse or a romantic partner. Right. And I know in the black culture and maybe 
Yeah, I think it's in the black culture. Like the moms always put the sons on a pedestal and almost treat the daughters like shit. Again, I know because um, I had a mother like that. And it wasn't that she put my brother, it was other males in the family, like cousins, my cousins and stuff. Um, so with that being said, the son may feel emotionally responsible for keeping his mother happy. How exhausting is that? Ugh, I just, I wouldn't even want to go through it, right? So again, lack of boundaries. Speaking from experience, and my mom still uh, lacks boundaries. And I had to like really sever that relationship for quite some time because it really affected me mentally and emotionally. And I knew I never wanted to do that with my son. And I, um, I'm proud to recognize that and not do that to my son because again, it's emotionally exhausting. All right. Next. So guilt and obligation, right? Do you as a mother to your son or sons or even a mother to your children, do you um, feel as though they're walking on eggshells around you? Are you self-aware to even know that or you do not care, right? You have to realize like they are a representation of us and the things that we do to them, they're going to repeat it. And I, uh, there probably been some times where my son, maybe when he was younger, cause I used to get a call every Wednesday from the school that he did something, you know, I mean, it was every week I got a call every Wednesday. And so, you know, he got his ass whooped, but I, for the most part, I don't think he, um, walked on eggshells around me, but I don't know. I can ask him, but I, I really don't think so. Um, another form of enmeshment is extreme fear of separation, right? Separation, like we are supposed to, in my personal opinion, raise our children to be number one, uh, self-sufficient, right? And number two, a productive member of society. And, you know, being a parent is the hardest job in the world, but the most rewarding in my personal opinion. But we don't want to set them up for failure, you know, like extreme fear of separation that embodies codependency. And we don't want that with our kids. You know, I didn't realize like my mom, and I think she had no clue. She didn't intentionally do this. She just was very my way, always my way and always my way. Um, and so I didn't recognize, like I knew how I felt when certain things were happening when I was younger, but I couldn't articulate it. And it wasn't until I got in therapy that everything started to make sense to me. I was able to put a, um, a term with her actions or 
their actions or whomever, you know, but I was able to articulate it. And like, when you go to therapy and like I told y'all before, I'm a big, 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 big supporter of therapy. You know, who doesn't want an unbiased person giving you professional feedback, right? It's not your enmeshed mother. You know, my dad was never there for me. So I, I don't know what that's like to have uh, feedback from your dad, but I do know what it's like to have feedback from a parent that didn't respect boundaries, that didn't do the work on herself. You know, once you know better, you do better. But uh, after a while, when you're an adult, you got to show up for yourself, you know, you have to question, why am I doing this or doing that? Or, ooh, that makes me feel this way. And like I said, I am a huge supporter of therapy. My son actually goes to therapy, you know, because it's important. It's important to have somebody else's thoughts and opinions, um, recommendations, other than your parent, because we're always gonna be biased towards our kids. Like we love them, you know, but sometimes a little bit too much right so we just got to respect boundaries and know that they're going to grow up to be an adult and we just we got to respect their boundaries i know it's going to be hard but once you all get over that hump i think the relationship becomes even stronger because you're able to communicate you are communicating from a place of love and respect that it will take him a long ways. All right. So, um, like I said, codependency will just impact him negatively. And like I said, once you know better, you do better. All right. So a mother and son enmeshed relationship can impair his identity, right? Like, it can impair his identity. And if you, I raised my son as a single mom, but his dad was also in the picture, but you know, we were never married. Um, but I raised him as a single mom and it was important for him to find himself. So especially when he was younger, um, if he wanted to skateboard, go skateboard with your uncle. If he um, wanted to play, well, he played football for a very long time a little lead to his senior year in high school. Um, put him in football. He wanted to play an instrument, put him in band, but he has to figure out what person he's gonna grow into be. But if you're only doing things selfishly because you don't want him to do that, or you, know, you don't like how it makes you feel, that's not fair, right? We want our men our sons to grow up to be strong black men and be smart men. And we want them to have emotional intelligence. Not only do we want them to have emotional intelligence, but we also want them to be independent and secure with themselves because we're not always gonna be here you know, and you all know that I'm healing from breast cancer. And I tell you what, you don't want something like that to kick you in the butt 
to finally say you're going to do something different, right? So maybe you're listening to this podcast for a reason. You know, maybe it's uh, helpful in some way. I mean, if you take one thing away from this, I'm happy. I've done my job, you know, and I'm okay with that. But uh, let's see. Ooh, they become emotionally and socially withdrawn. That makes sense. If the mother-son relationship is enmeshed, they're kind of just always together and it's weird, right? Like it's just weird. Do y'all know any emotion, um, excuse me, mother-son relationships that are enmeshed? Hmm, man. Um, they become emotionally dependent on their mother. Like, I, I tell you, for me, I don't want to date a man child. I don't. I want to date like a man, you know, that knows who he is, who's confident in who he is, who respects not only me, but himself and his mother. You know, all of that is important. Um, so let's see what else we got here. So when the mother and son relationship is enmeshed, the mother kind of instills on the son a fear of intimacy. Isn't that weird? That's just weird. I don't know. That's weird. Because they develop such a deep emotional bond that I think the only thing is missing is sex. That's how I look at it. That's so gross. But I mean, it's just, just bleh, to even think about it, right? But we have to realize, like, again, when you know better, you do better. And you can break free from that. And it'll be hard, but you can do it, you know? Um, and the first thing to do is to recognize that you have, there's a problem. There's a problem. So the things that I just shared with you, are you checking any of those boxes? Even one box, are you checking it? Is that you and your relationship with your kids or your son? Right? We want them to be confident and be able to function without their mother. We don't have to do everything for them. You know, that's what chores are for. That's what, you know, learning different hobbies and learning what they like, like that's important to them. And it should be important to us as mothers, you know? So number one, like I said, you have to recognize there's a problem, right? Cause we can always fix it. There's a problem, but you got to recognize there's a problem. Two, establish clear boundaries, you know, and it's better to do it when they're young versus when they're older, they already are kind of committed to that habit and it's hard to break. Um, so, you know, it's always best to start young, especially with boundaries. You know, if your door is closed, don't knock on my door when it's closed, you know, or like if I'm in the restroom, 
I will be out. You don't have to stand at the door, like bang you on the door or, you know, calling me from a different phone to go do something for you. Like, no, establish clear and precise boundaries. It's uncomfortable at first, but it, it it's healthy. It is so healthy. All right. And like I said before, I am a lover of therapy or counseling, whatever you call it. Um, but you need to seek outside help, right? I know we're moms and we feel like we're superwoman and we want to, you know, have the answer for everything, but sometimes we don't have the answer for everything. And professional help is great. It really is great. It's does wonders for your mental health. And I am an advocate for mental health. Um, you, you know, from season one, I told you I've dealt with and still deal with depression, anxiety. Um, so it's important. And you want them to develop a sense of identity. Like I said, if they're younger and they want to do sports or whatever, put them in it. You know, if, if, if you put them in it and they don't like it, for me, I tell myself, you have to finish. So you can't just quit in the middle of a season, but we'll try it. You know, and if after this season, you don't like it, totally fine. Now you can check that off your box. You tried it and I don't like it. He did ban, I think for one, uh, one school year, totally fine. You know, and we need to learn how to say no. No. Uh -oh. Nope. Uh -oh. Right. No is no. And um, I did say that to my son a lot growing up. Nope. You know, but I would never give it to him. He always had to earn it. So he had good grades. Um, he was he was a very smart kid. So he always finished his work first and then he would mess with the other kids. And that's how he'd get a phone call. And, you know, but it's okay to say no, you know, they're not going to hear yes in their adult life all the time. And that was something I struggled with personally. Cause my mom, like I told y'all, she didn't have boundaries or anything, but, um, she never really said no. And if she did, I would beg her until she said yes. Mm. I mean, looking back, I'm not proud of it, but I did it. I sure did so next let's see oops um working on communication which is so huge because you're teaching your son to communicate effectively do you know like his wife will love you in the future because not only are you teaching him to be confident and independent and to communicate oh my gosh right? But we can teach him these characteristics without, and dare I say it, grooming him to be your husband. Like, you know what I mean? Like things you want in a husband. Like, like I said before, the emotional surrogacy, that's a no-no. Mm -mm. That's just weird. And again, if you know better, you do better. Okay. All right. So next, Focus on personal growth. 
for both of you. So if you're a mother and you're, you and your son or sons are in a, an enmeshment relationship, like I said, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a doctor, I'm only speaking from experience, but establishing personal growth for all of you is important. You know, like when my son was younger, and this is, I'm totally type A, okay? Like I would write stuff down, literally had a box next to it, check it off if it's like color coded even better. Um, but, you know, he had lists of chores he had to do. And it wasn't do everything. It was take the trash out, feed the dogs, um, you know, clean your room, do your homework, stuff like that. But you, we need to teach them that personal growth is fantastic. He wrote down his goals and I would have like a list for short term goals and long term, you know, and now watching him thrive as an adult, he accomplishes everything that he sets his mind to. He still writes down his goals and checks the box. So it's so important for us to do that so important for us to do that and accept that it takes time you know if let's say you're a queen listening to this and you and your son have a very close enmeshed relationship prayer works and ask god i mean you know for me the serenity prayer comes to mind if you hadn't heard the serenity prayer or don't know what that is, Google it. But it's just asking God to grant you serenity to know the difference between what you can and cannot change, you know, and it's really good. But um, I hope this helps you all. Um, it means a great deal to me that y'all are listening. I would love for you to comment um give me your feedback send me an email um but it's really important that we raise young men and not I, uh, personally i don't think there's anything wrong with mama boys right but we're not raising mama man childs like really like no no i mean no mm -mm. and you know moms we really have to set boundaries because we don't want to interfere on his relationship. And if you do, that's very selfish. It's, it's narcissist. Yeah, that's what it's given me. So, anywho, I'm going to leave y'all with some benefits of a healthy mom and son relationship. So, number one, communication and trust, right? That's like a muscle. So, that muscle memory builds and when he's grown, he can communicate and he's able to trust women and people. Um, his emotional well-being, right? That mother-son relationship is so important and it determines his emotional well-being, right? Number three, a positive role model, right? You're a positive role model for him. You know, we're teaching him, number four, emotional intelligence. This is, you know, characteristics of a healthy mother and son relationship, you know, and then the support is mutual. 
right? So just like you support him, he's going to support you. And that is fantastic because, you know, like I always say, we're all in this together. And support is important. You need support, especially if you have a son and you support him and he support you. I mean, that bond is so great and it's unbreakable, you know? All right. Number six, healthy gender roles, right? So you'll have a better understanding of gender roles. And if you have a child that's non-binary, trans or anything like that, I'm not saying like, you know, as moms and and uh, women were in the kitchen cooking. No, you can tell him he can get in there too. Cause like those kind of gender roles don't exist in this relationship. Again, we're all in this together, you know? Um, you know, like I remember my last relationship, like I did not wash his clothes. I didn't. And I was okay with that. You know, he got his clothes washed. He did it himself. But, um, yeah, it's just like, I'm not your mom. I'm not going to wash your clothes. I don't mind cooking. I'm not going to cook every night, you know, but understanding healthy gender roles are important. And that's that. Um, another good characteristic of a healthy mom and son relationship is good physical health, right? So it all plays back into being confident and trusting and communication because then if you feel good you look good right so they tend to work out more they tend to um, really care about their health which is great um the mother and son, a healthy mother and son relationship will have which is number eight a positive impact on mental health yeah it is so important and I cannot express enough. I hope this episode really helps you. And for the last positive, healthy characteristics of a mom and son relationship, which I said earlier, but we have a long lasting bond with our boys. Like that's important. You know, you only have one mom and you know, some kids don't even know who their mom is, or some don't have a relationship with their mom, or some maybe their mom has already passed. But I do think it's very important for us as mothers to raise healthy, strong, confident men. We can't teach them how to be men, but we can teach them how not to be mama boys. Like, I'm just saying. So with that being said, I just want to thank y'all so much. We're at the end of the episode. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to leave you with just one thing in the pivotal corner. All right. So, you know, in the pivotal corner, it's all about positivity. It's something for you to work on in the upcoming week. 
Um, I hope you were able to lower your stress level because we pulled that card last week. And so today, the card I pulled for this episode, I mean, it kind of just jumped out at me, honestly, but it's titled Minimize Painful Experiences. Painful experiences range from subtle discomfort to extreme anguish. These are natural and inescapable, and they sometimes bring important benefits. Sorrow can open the heart. Anger can highlight injustices. Fear can alert you to real threats. And remorse can help you take the high road next time. Nonetheless, pain is more than passing discomfort. It can produce lasting harm to your physical and mental health. Many people presume they are stuck in their pain or even add fuel to it, such as with self-critical or anxious or resentful rumination. Sorry, rumination. I didn't get that word right. Anyways. So don't take painful experiences lightly. Prevent them when you can and help them pass through when you can't. This is not about suppressing pain, but being resourceful and kind to yourself. This week, take a stand for feeling as good as you reasonably can. A stand for bearing painful experiences when they walk through the door and for encouraging them to keep on walking all the way out your mind. When pain appears, say to yourself something you say to a dear friend in pain. I want you to feel better and I'm going to help you. How does that feel? When it feels right, try shifting your attention away from whatever is causing you pain. Think of what is currently positive in your life and let yourself feel good about these things. Throughout the week, pay particularly a good attention to the little good things, even the most painful of experiences, such as a compliment from a friend or the beauty in a flower. Taking in experiences of pleasure helps us to be more resilient with experiences of pain, right? Wow, that was very powerful. So the goal for this upcoming week is to minimize painful experiences. And I sat in pain for a lot, a lot of years. And I feel like not going to therapy and not addressing the pain or the issues and not physical pain, but like emotional and mental pain. It manifested in my body as cancer. And I want to help you if that's what you're feeling. It's okay to feel it, but you don't have to sit in it, right? You can feel it. Like it said, it walks in and you keep on letting it walk out but you don't want to sit in it because when you sit in it, it manifests in your body. It may not be cancer. It could be high blood pressure. 
It could be a stroke. It could be depression, right? And sometimes medical therapy is what you need to get through the pain. I'm not saying you need to be on antidepressants all the time, you know, or for a long period of time, but you have to do what helps you, number one. And number two, you want to do whatever you have to do to let that pain walk in and walk out. So with that being said, remember, when life gives you lemons, learn to pivot, queen. Thank you for tuning in to the Pivot Queen podcast. Remember to like, share, and comment and follow on all social media platforms at the Pivot Queen pod. For bookings or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email thepivotqueen at gmail.com. And remember, when life gives you lemons, learn to pivot, queen.